You're listening to episode 104 of the Comics Pals, where a group of comic book journalists and friends record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, guys. I just came from the past. I'm here to stop you guys from forming the Comics Pals. Listen. What? That's right. If you do that, you'll be selling Marco's chewable enemas. Listen, when this show gets to 100 episodes, Marco's going to try a Jeopardy game, and it's going to be terrible. No, you mean high quality. We, we need to stop. This we was already my second experienced stop. this, Phil. We already we already went to that Dude, that part of the past. You're too we, late. We've lived it. You're too late. Oh, we've been doing this for two years. Wait, really? Oh man, my time machine went too far back. Remember when I said I was from the past? I was in 2008. I met Pete. He was a lot different back then. I gotta tell you, <laughs> way diff. Way different really in 2008. Have. His hair was different. The way he did things at prom were different. <laughs> my hair was not that different. He was wearing um, coconut bras in those days. <laughs> That part's true. <laughs> so wow, I came Phil, to the what future. a great guess. Yeah. Or but, did you really come from the past? I came from the past. I came from 2007. How, how else would he know that, Sean? Sorry. Yeah, I guess so. And I overshot. I thought, what year is this? I thought it was 2016. 2018, my dog. Um, oh, god damn. So, oh no. That means Marco did his Jeopardy? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're on episode 105. We already lived all of these horrible days of future past. To raving success. I mean, it's 100. It's 104, but yeah. Oh, it's two years. It's been two years of this show. God, yeah. age has ravaged all of you. <laughs> I really thought you were gonna say it's been two years of this shit. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's what I expected too. That's what I would have yeah. said. Marco's <laughs> filling in the blanks over there. All right. Well, why don't you take your ass? back in time a little bit further so you can save us all from the hell that is the comics pals i i think i might because when you go back to 2007 2008 you think two years has changed people 10 11 years has made a huge difference (laughs) i believe you all right well uh take yourself back in time and uh i guess i'll see you in another life oh all right what 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 year should i go back to sean Mm. I'm thinking about uh, 2008. <laughs> All right. I'm going back. See ya. Take care. Oh, the video didn't load. <laughs> I was going to do that term. Oh, there we go. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so the legacy of uh, Bad Bits continues. Two years in running. <laughs> You know, speak, speaking yes. of uh, speaking of that time travel, I think all the news we have is uh, is from 2016 too. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, listen. Wait, do we have an update on Batfleck? <laughs> We're trapped Last in a never ending Groundhog's Day of a podcast. Uh, so I, you know, as we said, it's our it's our two year anniversary. We've never missed an episode, which we're really proud about. Uh, when you listen to our first one, you know. Uh, it's very clear that we have grown since then. Uh, I gave it a listen, and it was oh, very boy. interesting. Uh, <laughs> and I have some things to say about the very first episode and each of you on it. Give us oh, your notes. Uh, see, see, now this should, this uh, should have wait, been wait, in the wait, hundred. Hold on. 
Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Knowing me, right? I would have been on, what, five minutes of audio? You have nothing on me, Sean. <laughs> my, my dog, I don't even think you made five minutes. <laughs> that's, that's actually wrong. The, the, the biggest thing, one of my biggest takeaways from the first episode is, Marco, you actually talked way more back then than you do now. Damn. Yeah. Shit, Marco. That was So that was around the time where Marco actually put effort in. Um, <laughs> and uh man you had a you had a lot to say there were actually periods where i would skip one minute and you would still be talking wow yeah whoa and what then happened? gosh i really don't know i think it was around the time when uh marco uh skipped out on the show to have <laughs> sex that things sort of shifted it was it's I, when marco lost his virginity <laughs> at prom phil can you go back in time and grab the old marco so that we can have him on the show <laughs> all right i'm on it what year 2016 all right marco i'm gonna change the space time continuum do 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 uh kale actually was the only one of us who was the exact same. <laughs> Listen, I'm, uh, so I'm too old to change at this point. And even back then, like... <laughs> I think when you hit your 60s, your golden years, as it were, people change a lot slower in personality. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh just like, God. but your body is degenerative at that point. And so Maybe like, about... You only need maybe a, about 200, you'll start to see a slight shift in personality, but... I'm not it, making That'll that. be the dementia. Yeah. <laughs> uh phil actually man uh you know you're somewhat funny now your jokes were really bad really bad on the first episode wow I and you progress. sounded like you were sleeping the entire time i swear i <laughs> i i was getting tired myself i listened to it around 10 p.m and i was like man this guy sounds like he doesn't give a shit about doing this. Do you remember when Phil used to lay down yes. while he did the show? <laughs> That's yes, why. He literally laid down while doing the show. Contrary to popular belief to our listeners, I'm not asleep when we record these episodes. <laughs> I'm not so sure. On one on, on episode one, it sounded like you were trying to put me to sleep. Uh, which, did it work? Uh, almost, because if you actually listen to the show, I barely talk on that episode. Uh, I don't really speak much, which is apropos because in prior days of the show, everyone interrupted me nonstop, so I never really got to say much. You know what? We should bring those days back. Right, here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to the Comics Pals. I'm Phil. Uh, today, we're going to talk about comics. Yeah. Well... If and we were so gonna... the comics were going <laughs> In order for that bit to be truly successful, you would need to be doing a Pete Embassy impression. Because the one thing that stands out for me about Pete on the first episode he is that comics. he interrupts everyone. Uh, on that episode, we told our sort of comics origin stories. And the funniest part about it is that every single time one person tells their story, Pete jumps on to talk about himself. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> like um, it, it's almost okay. like he shoved his it's... tongue down your throat and, and stole the words right out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. We're done. <laughs> oh my god. 
I can't handle that. Oh my god. Oh my god. You see, uh, I was I was used to at that point I was doing my other podcast, my original podcast with Andy and Thompson, where I had to pull an episode out of them and I was so used to carrying the conversation that uh I just stepped on everyone's toes. And uh yeah, that's sure, something I worked on. I'm sure it's Andy okay, and Thompson dude. would tell the story differently. <laughs> <laughs> listen, like, wait, uh, is, that, is that what Pete said? Oh god, listen, no, he stepped on our toes too. I I would totally be the first to admit that. If you go want to go back, all 50 episodes of that show are still up on the Slack and Slash YouTube channel and you can watch it. <laughs> well, we might have to go back in time for that one too. There we go. <laughs> <Ba-dum, bum, ba-dum. laughs> I'm back. You were definitely stepping on your toes, bitch. <laughs> All that said, uh, I had a blast listening to our first episode, and it's just really cool to see how far we've come. So, uh, congrats to us for two years, and uh, yeah, pat yourself on the back there, Phil. You've done a decent job. <laughs> I look better than forward that. To... Pass. <laughs> I look forward to the next 52 of these things. Now. That's it for the sentimental crap. Wait, wait, just the next 52? <laughs> After that. God, stop putting your tongue down our we'll throats, see. bitch. Give us some breathing room. <laughs> oh, oh, this just in. The comics panels are canceled. <laughs> Citing creative differences. Oh, I always knew that's how it would end. I mean, shit. Kale says that I'm full of disingenuous bullshit. This is the most genuous I've heard you in all 104 episodes. Why, thank you, Kale. I really appreciate that. So, whether you're from the past, present, or future, uh, obviously you're listening to us because you enjoy us. Thank you for that. There are plenty of ways you can get a hold of us. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can always catch us on social media at the Comics Pals. You can write in at the Comics Pals at gmail.com with your random question by our cell or comments on anything we talk about on any episode of the Comics Pals, including episode one, if you so choose. And last but not least, we're on YouTube, where if you're checking this out on YouTube, you can leave us a like, drop us a comment, share this video with your friends, and subscribe to our channel. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you to do. <clears throat> so, Daredevil is out. Out of what? And, well, uh, out on Netflix. On the interwebs, Kale. It's, uh, it's 2018. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, Grandpa, go to bed. Uh, have any of you guys gotten a chance to watch it? Uh, no, I haven't, and it's killing me. It's eating, up, it's eating me up inside. Uh, it dropped, what, Thursday night at, like, midnight going into Friday? Um, man, I just haven't had the chance to see it. Uh, I worked, and I worked, and I slaved, and then I went to a concert, and I haven't been able to watch it. But tonight, I get off at 7, and I'm going to watch, like, five episodes. And then you're going to get off. I mean, obviously, he's <laughs> I mean, watching God, Daredevil, God. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> And then he's gonna get off at work. Nice. Oh. That's 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 a, a crime, Marco. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Uh who hasn't never mind. So <laughs> I actually <laughs> Whoop. 
Anyway, I did have the chance to watch uh, Daredevil Season 3. I caught up with three episodes. So I, f- I figured at least someone else would have checked it out so that we could talk a little bit. I want to um, hear your thoughts. I don't... No spoilers. Tell me what you course. thought about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I am in love with it so far. Ah, yes! <laughs> uh, it is... If if season two, I'll just say this: if season two bothered you for reasons like it took him too far in a mystical direction, if that was a problem that you experienced, you will not have that issue here. Uh, it it takes it back to the very roots of it's season more grounded. One. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And from the get go, the the tension that you feel is almost palpable. And this is why, and we're going to talk about this more later, but this is why television is such a strong medium for this this kind of storytelling. Because the way in which they're able to build on what they've done before with the, with the character brings you right into the fray of like his mind, his emotions, what he's going through, what other characters are going through. There's a lot here to unpack. And so far, three issues deep, it's been masterful. You mean episodes? <laughs> no, I know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> three, yeah, three, three episodes deep. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I'm so excited to watch it. Has uh, has uh, um, I don't know. How to, I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna dance around the bushes. Has Bullseye showed up yet? In what sense? That's enough, Damn, dude. That's enough. That's <laughs> all I want to hear. That is enough. That is enough. That is enough. Uh, Damn, dude. I, I've spoiled <laughs> nothing, but I'll tell you this. There's no signs of, of, of that development yet. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, you could you could have um, just said no. <laughs> no, his answer was more uh, more like the Riddler. Well, I, you just watch the show. You'll understand what I'm talking about. But any, anyway, Phil, you were going to say? Well, I I am very excited to see our president back on season three of daredevil hell yeah he has been acting for a while and i'm frankly i'm hungry for that (laughs) you're hungry hungry for our president (laughs) yeah uh hot well there's the poll quote of the episode (laughs) (laughs) so he's thick plump juicy how like a tongue I envisioned Donald Trump when you said that. I got yeah. This is a real toadstool of a segment right now. So oh. <laughs> I mean, would Very would you say good. it's one for the moms? <laughs> Get your yeti pubes. <laughs> you killed Sean. Now he can't even do the show. He's dead. Let me go back. Oh, he's back. Okay, him. he's back. Wait. Ooh, boy. Oh. Man, every okay. time every time Sean goes down for the count like that, I'm just like, is he laughing? Is he having an asthma attack? We'll never know until it's too late. Could be either one. You, you boys have vision. I have a vision of Big Willie Styles in that big white suit, and I can't wait. Uh, well, we'll we'll be bringing you guys our review of season three of Daredevil next week. On next week, so you're not going to want to miss that. I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, uh, is assuredly in the news. But do you think Marvel Netflix is like just ha- has their fingers crossed for the success of season three of Daredevil in light of what's happened <laughs> yeah. recently? Have to, like, 100%. please, please, 
Please, mm. Matt Murdock. <laughs> You're what started this I, mess. I, You're what's going to fix it. <clears throat> we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. You'll hear our review of that really soon. So make sure that you guys join us next week for that awesomeness. So let's so just jump into what? I'm just so excited. Yeah, me too. Let's jump into pals pulls here. Uh, from Marco, we've got Isola Volume One. Yes, so Isola finally came out. I uh, I feel like I backed this thing five years ago or something, uh, and I didn't. I I hadn't been paying attention to it because it had been so long that the when I finally found out it came out, I was like it three issues out. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to wait for the volume to come out. So I'm finally ready to dive into the series. Uh, I don't know what it's about. I just from whatever promo images that they had been showing, that's sort of what had brought me to it. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You, cool. you, you were promoting this book five years ago. Where's the proof? I, I feel like there's like a humble bundle thing. <laughs> you can probably find it on MySpace. Mm. <laughs> you son of a bitch! I was gonna. Say I was gonna that. say, Phil, haven't you gone back and seen Marco do this? I thought you've been a time traveler all this time. <laughs> uh, and you also chose Books of Magic number one. Yep. So this is all uh, part of the Sandman universe, the new game and stuff, and uh, I've been liking what he has so far. The only one actually that hasn't. That I haven't enjoyed, I think, would be uh, the dreaming. I think Simon Spurrier is on that, and he sort of is a little bit more eclectic in his writing. And uh, I was going to say, yeah, you're not you're not a huge fan of Cy Spurrier, are you? I, uh, I read The Spire, and I thought that was really really good. Um, so I know of him. Spy I don't Spurrier. know a lot of his other stuff, though. Yeah, Spy Cy Spurrier. The writing is interesting. But I don't know if I'm like following it. I think he's getting really, uh, really fantastical with his language, and it's kind of getting in the way of the narrative. Yeah, God that's, forbid um, you read something that's fantastic, like Swamp Thing. Like Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah. Cool. Uh, I I, I kind of want to check this out, so I'm, I might give this a shot. I haven't. Have you read it? Sorry. No, go for it. I haven't read any of these books, though. Any of the books in okay. the Sandman universe so far. Have you read some of the older stuff? Like the books of magic? No. Not at all. So. Well, there you go. That's the end of that segment. <laughs> all right. When is it going to be the end of you? When is that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is coming. Back in 2008. <laughs> no, that wasn't the end of me. That was the end of someone. <laughs> It's the end of all the moms out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, at any rate, uh, we've got no more pulls this week. I actually don't even have a pull this week. Uh, light week. Light, What's up? Light week. Yeah, light week. Now I put mine in there. You did? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, dog. Sorry, Sorry. Keller, just so you see uh, you not being here. Maybe Ooh. Maybe, maybe we should go back in time to when you knew how to host a show. <laughs> Have I when ever? I mean, I, I'm full of disingenuous <laughs> bullshit. So. That's right. Don't you fucking forget it. 
so uh, Kale, as he reminded me, chose the Yokai Rental Shop Volume Four. Is this a book you're going to read, Kale? I'm just <laughs> His wife. Well. All right, listen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So the uh, the website that I usually get stuff from has it as not available. www.amazon.com. It will be a minute for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually I've actually never heard of this, and and so a, a, uh, the the name uh, caught me uh, by surprise, and uh, especially coming up to Halloween, and 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 um, I've been super into the the Judge Ito works lately. Hell yeah! Um, yeah yeah yeah. Um, so Yokai Rental Shop is about a a, a guy who recently learns he has he had a half brother so he goes and he f- tries to find this person uh but instead he comes across uh, a secret shop where uh and this is from the the actual um synopsis instead of finding his brother he comes across a secret shop where customers in the know can sign a contract forged in blood and rent out a yokai for their own singular purposes is that the synopsis for volume one? <laughs> I I think so. Oh, yeah. cool. So can you tell me what volume two is about? <laughs> no. I told I, oh. you didn't hear the part where I said I've never, I've never heard of it. Oh, cool. So well, I enjoy imagine- volume four that's coming out next week. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I, I will. You thank like you. It, reading it out I, of context. I, I imagine Kale goes to Walmart and he says to like the customer service rep, I'd like to order this comic. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You can come pick it up here next week. <laughs> uh, okay. And that is the end of our Pals Pools for the week. And so we're going to talk a little bit about DC on film. Uh, because that is a train wreck that is still still happening. crashing. Yeah, <laughs> not done yet. Shock me, shock me, shock me. Damaged. <laughs> oh God, I want to damage you. Uh, so first of all, <laughs> square in the mouth. <laughs> it appears Boys. as though. <laughs> God, I can't even. What are we? What, are we doing episode one? I can't even get a word out. Episode one. I know. Yeah. I was Shit, that was, that was that's episode one. one. That was Good. A now long we're all talking ago. over each other. That's awesome. Shut yeah, the we're... fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Uh, so it appears as though Flash is not going to be on the horizon until 2021. Uh, meaning it's not even going to start production until 2019. Uh, and when you consider that this is a movie that I'm pretty sure is supposed to have been out already, that's pretty bad. Um, because the original director, Rick Fumiawa, left the film in 2016. Uh, and it's just been in develop. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't say development hell, but it's certainly uh, been in flux since then. So, um, And of course, Ezra Miller is really busy with Fantastic Beasts, uh, the Harry Potter spinoff. And so he is unavailable for that until 2019. Were you guys looking forward to this? I have plans, actually, one of those weekends where I'm going to go see a double feature of The Flash and The New Mutants. (laughs) Shoot, man. I might even catch Dark Phoenix that weekend. (laughs) It's going to be a busy weekend for us. Yeah. 
this is this has been the movie I at for a long time they were talking about it being Flashpoint, and uh, that to me uh, threw me off completely. I did not like Flashpoint. I hate what it led to. Um, and I think it's garbage. But um, and I and the order of events in the the DCFU proper is like you know it, it makes no sense to have it now <laughs> especially for it being you know the first flash solo it's a, movie it's so an out dude to get out of this universe well they're not making the flashpoint movie anymore right right yeah but from 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 the get go that's what they've said they were doing and and since then it's just been a mess, yeah. DC's just going to release a supercut of the first season of the CW version of the Flash TV show. Hey, here's your Flash movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually I mean, Think about how many people have never seen it and just wouldn't notice, and I bet all the CW fans would just be like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> just update Let some of happen. the CGI. <laughs> I wouldn't know, personally. Um, yeah, to me, this is a bummer. I... I really am looking forward to the Flash movie and like on the outset before any footage or anything, I was more excited about this prospect than Aquaman for sure or Shazam. I actually now, agree with that, yeah. You know, yeah, it was supposed to be out already and now of those, it'll be out last. And Wonder Woman will have had two movies before Flash has one. So that's not good. Well, it's supposed to come out alongside Aquaman, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Originally? Yep. Yeah. And I think for me, that's really sad because Flash was, I thought he was a standout character from Justice League. Yeah. I really enjoyed him in, in that movie. Yeah, and I, I really like so. Ezra Miller, you know? So, like, I, I yep. agree with you. Um, before we saw anything of Shazam, this was definitely the movie that I felt like had the most promise. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get it, but uh, he won't be zooming into theaters anytime soon. Uh, in addition to that, we learned that this is per variety. Uh, Warner Brothers is not moving forward with any Batman or Superman properties that include Ben Affleck or Henry Cavill performing in those roles. Batwatch! Phil, we need you. Go back in time and save the time. Oh, God. One, you're gonna do that, and you're gonna fall off your chair. <laughs> That's gonna be quality. <laughs> Definitely. <clears throat> then I'll have to go to the hospital. Uh huh. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not surprised at this point by this development. This is like the third or fourth it's... time we've reacted to this news. Kale's right. We literally talked about this two years ago. I think in like the first episode. Like th this is so I'm so emotionally done with this story at this point. And like a couple weeks ago, we did a special all about how Henry Cavill wasn't really going to. It's like, nah. it's like, whatever, I'm done. Get rid of him. Well, I think and I think I'm sure that the the hook for this is is that they're going to be in whatever Justice League bullshit comes out. Well, there's Maybe? there's a Batman movie, a solo movie that is coming. So if Ben Affleck's not in it. Then I mean, okay, oh, that's maybe fair. it's a maybe it's a prequel to everything, or like but an Elseworlds if, thing, like this Joker movie. 
Yeah, I think I think Michael B. Jordan was cast in uh, in it as the Batman. Ugh. Uh it, so the problem is that Ben Affleck is a is a superstar. So why would you, in your right mind, make a movie about the character he plays without having him in it at all? If you're not, if you really want to continue with him in the role, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, <clears throat> I. I feel like they've been dancing around this for a long time that eventually it was going to happen, you know? Um, it's clear that they want to kind of sever people's association with their film stuff to Zack Snyder's work in the DC universe. And what's the easiest way to do that? Get rid of the actors that led the films that he produced that were bad. And, you know, the only one he was involved in that was any good was Wonder Woman, and obviously they're not getting rid of Gal Gadot, so. Yeah, uh, it's hard to disagree with that. I, I I I feel like Henry had more to give. I really do. Yeah, this all comes as a huge shock to me. I didn't think Ben Affleck would leave the project. I thought they were going to do a lot of movies with him. Um, I haven't listened to the last hundred episodes of the Comics Pals, but listen, in my world, I always saw Ben Affleck as the Batman, and you're telling me he might not be the Batman anymore. I don't even know who I'm talking to. What do you? What do you? Who, what? Who are you? What character is this? No, Phil. No, no, Phil. He will not <laughs> be the next Batman. Oh man, beans. Chucks. Oh. In, in my timeline, he's the Batman for three more movies. <laughs> I'm so over this bit. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And that is the darkest timeline. <laughs> Awful. Uh, so speaking of Zack Snyder. Uh, lately, he's been all over the internet talking about everything he had planned for the DC film universe that he was building. Uh, and of course, fans have wanted the Snyder cut forever and ever. Uh, and that's not going to happen. But Zack Snyder apparently is contractually free because he's talking about all of his prior plans. Um and there's been a couple of interesting developments. Now, follow me, and then I'm going to ask you guys a, a, a question. So, uh, first of all, um, he said recently that the final scene with Lex Luthor and Batman versus Superman was a tease for Darkseid, not for um, who was the villain in uh, Justice League? Steppenwolf! Right, not for Steppenwolf. And that Lex Luthor's weird rant, and when he was going ding, 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 that was a tease for the mother boxes. So there's that. But in addition, he said that Darkseid, there was going to be a flashback with Darkseid at, a, at an, an early age, a young Darkseid, um, in the original war between Earth and Apocalypse. Which is weird, because that happened in, in the original Justice League movie. Um, but he, he kind of talks about it. Oh, go but, ahead. But that was Steppenwolf, exactly. right? But he's okay. he's he's saying that that he wanted to do that with Darkseid. So I don't know if he means in Justice League two or in the original Justice League they swapped Steppenwolf with Darkseid. Didn't, didn't we already learn that? Like, wasn't the original ending of Justice League supposed to be the arrival of Darkseid, and then like right? yes, and then the second movie would deal with right. Darkseid. But yeah. Yeah. The scene in, in in Justice League where Steppenwolf leads an army against Earth's Guardians is the same as the scene that he's describing. So it leads me to believe that Darkseid was the original villain for the movie, pretty much. 
Um, but it, it also goes on to say that he would come to Earth searching for a weapon uh, that would have made him unbeatable. Uh, lots of people think he was referencing the anti-life equation. Uh, and then that would have been sort of a three-arc, a, a three-part trilogy for the Justice League films. And you can see the seeds that he was planting throughout the movies they build towards that. My question to you guys is, is that something that you would have wanted to see? No, not at all. Um, the, <laughs> like, Zack Snyder's not a good director. So, like, any <clears throat> any of the... Like, even if you want to see that storyline, that storyline in his hands was not going to play out the way you wanted it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, because his story is... I mean, I, I've said this all along. It, it's basically the Jeff Johns New 52 introduction to the Justice League, which is fine, but... You know, just like Pete said, like Snyder's not good. Uh, I th- I think any storyline would be interesting, but just not in his hands. Like that. Like uh, uh, other than that, um, I mean, I would been I would definitely have been okay with that. It would have been cool to see uh, that introduction, like Dark Side, and then you can spin off to you know some weird fourth world stuff, and there's potential there from that. You're all wrong. Give me the Snyder cut. <laughs> God, you. Just... Yeah, do you have a real opinion? <clears throat> My real opinion is that I need that Snyder cut. Uh, Justice uh, League was almost a masterpiece before they brought Joss Whedon in and decided to. Sean, can we just <laughs> can you guys get out of their stick coma? Stick <laughs> coma. He spent so much time traveling <laughs> between different dimensions. His brain no, is don't, scrambled. Don't. Don't. Humor him. <laughs> Just fucking. All right. Yeah, you're right. Um, I. This is tough because I'm I. I don't like Justice League. I don't think it's good, and I don't think that Batman vs Superman is good. But I don't think. And this is me, and I. I know this is not a popular opinion. I don't think that Justice League was so bad, and I don't think that it was going in a direction that was so bad that I couldn't see myself being intrigued by what he was going to do next. Uh, like, go ahead. I, I agree with half of your opinion. Like, <laughs> I, I, the, the, the story itself is fine. Like I said, it's based off good material. You know, it's not my favorite Justice League story. And it's, it's been you know, uh, reproduced, it feels like over and over and over again. And I don't really know why it feels like that, but it does. Uh, but yeah, it's Snyder just, his, his vision is what really kills it. Like if it, uh, and I, I think if it were, you know, if it were Joss, maybe, but listen, only Snyder can unite the seven. So I actually agree with Kale, uh, just because I think, to your point, Sean, like, I I also uh, believe that Justice League was bad, but not so bad. Like, I think that was kind of the crux of our review. Um, but I, I think the salvageable parts of it were the Joss Whedon parts, you know? And I think people will debate yeah. about that based on their taste. But when we were reviewing it, the things that we liked about it were the moments that felt more true to the characters. There was some good dialogue. There were some good quips, like... The, the, like, Superman moment where he shows up, you know, and he's like, oh, like, I'll take care of that, you know? Like, those kinds of beats were what were really playing for us, and 
I think it's safe to assume that those were all the Joss Whedon additives, not uh, the um, the Snyder kind of groundwork that was laid. And I, I think I think if we had seen Zack Snyder's true Justice League, you might feel differently. That's possible. It, it's so it's so muddled that it's hard to say ultimately. Um, but you're you're probably you're probably. I mean, it's, it's, it it feels like we're like picking through airplane wreckage, you know, and like trying to like put the pieces <laughs> together. So it's like, yeah, like it's totally that's totally speculative. But that's that's kind of my gut feeling based on the film we saw and how we felt about Snyder's previous work and how we felt about the bits about Justice League that we didn't like that felt a little Snydery. <laughs> You're picking through the airplane wreckage, and it's like, ooh, peanuts. That's tasty. <laughs> and that's that's like one of the good scenes in the movie. And then it's like, ooh, charred corpse. Gross. <laughs> that's all the Snyder stuff. You know, overall, mixed experience. That's, that's Steppenwolf. <laughs> one of the things that I've that I've come to learn since Justice League released is that the studio shortened the movie deliberately to get it more plays in theaters because they wanted to make maximum cash. Uh <laughs> So that makes me wonder if there really wasn't a better version of the movie. Snyder cut. Snyder cut. <laughs> Hashtag Snyder cut. <laughs> I'm not advocating for the Snyder cut. I'm just sure is what it sounds no, like. I'm just saying <laughs> the Snyder cut might be better. Studio. <laughs> I don't. No, jo- Joss Whedon obviously you know worked on quite a bit of this movie, and all I'm saying is that when a studio uh, arbitrarily says, okay, this movie has to be X length. Um, that can negatively impact the film. And I'm wondering if between what Joss and Snyder both have, the scenes that they have collectively, if there was more of it, if it might not be better. Well, the reason why Justice League is a true masterpiece, and you can quote me on this, internet, is because it's okay, a meta... I can't a- handle it anymore. We gotta... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a meta metaphor to Frankenstein's monster. It's a meta metaphor. No, no, no. Uh, Just, Sean, please take control. Here's the thing people forget is that the monster's name was actually Zack Snyder. Oh my god. <laughs> See, my man just salvaged it for me. <laughs> <sighs> Alright. It was so, beauty that killed the beast. Anyway, uh, James Gunn is working on Suicide Squad 2, and DC has confirmed that by saying that he is writing the script and he will bring a completely fresh take to the franchise. (laughs) Now, they don't talk about him directing or anything like that, um, but there have been several scripts that they've actually thrown out prior to bringing him on board. Including one written by Gavin O'Connor, who left the sequel because uh, his story was almost the same as the Birds of Prey movie, which DC is also making. So, I guess my question is: Do you guys think? Because this is a very like broad terminology. Is are they saying that Suicide Squad Two is a very loose sequel, or what are they like? What does that mean? I I actually have it on good authority on what happened. Uh, between the Warner Brothers executives and James Gunn. He basically came in to the studio, uh, into the boardroom with all the executives, and they said, what do you got? And he said, 
picture this a good movie and they said shit we're sold let's do it whoa whoa <laughs> shit I'm sold <laughs> yeah Here's your money. I mean, I, I think to Phil's point, I really don't think that it's a stretch to make the take the elements of Suicide Squad and make a good movie. Like, I think the actors were all good. You know, like I think the overall like um, aesthetic kind of direction is like your mileage may vary on it, but like it had a look. And aside from Killer Croc, most of the characters look good. Um, and I, I, shut up. That fucking movie won a CGI Academy Award. No, no, it didn't. Yeah, it was for costumes for makeup. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a giant. No, not costumes. costumes. Makeup. Okay. Thank you. Bring on Drax. Bring (laughs) on Drax. Uh, but yeah, I really do think it was like more an issue of like, the script wasn't very good. We know that they brought in people halfway to make it funnier. And it was again, it was a tale of like, um, uh, a camel you know it was a movie made by committee or a horse made by committee and you get a camel is what i meant to say um so i i think just taking that cast with a director and hopefully writer of james gunn's caliber i'm sure he can put together something good and like how much do you even need to acknowledge what happened in the first movie like they did it and that that's kind of a bow on it like you could just pick up with a of with a, a thread of like the suicide squad is a thing they work for amanda waller Let's do another story. Only it's good this time. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the tagline of the movie. <clears throat> and this time, it's good. <laughs> and you know what? I think the real I think the real twist here is that James Gunn's gonna be the real daddy's little monster. Within the context of what James Gunn got fired from Guardians for, that's a really weird thing to oh, say. Oh god. <laughs> uh. You walked yourself right into that one, Phil. Maybe, sure maybe you did. finally killed that joke, Sean. Maybe you finally killed it. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Suicide Squad is another movie in the DC <laughs> film yep. universe that I... <laughs> yeah. Suicide Squad 2 that... is... <laughs> <laughs> That I, I feel was ruined by the producers at Warner Brothers. Um, David Ayer is on record saying that he had a different vision for that film. And they altered it. Uh, and we already have reported on the facts regarding them teaming up with the team that edited for the trailer. And having them edit the film behind Ayer's back. And his original version had more Joker. Which, you know, a lot of people disliked the way he looked, but I don't really think he was a bad part of that movie. I don't think I don't think that the performance was bad. Yeah, I agree with that actually. Um, and so they took out a lot of that portion of it, and that doesn't make any sense to me. And and apparently they added more Enchantress, which also doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I I feel like David Ayer really got a bad. He got dealt a bad hand with that one. And I don't think it would be hard. I genuinely don't think it would be hard to make a good Suicide Squad. No, I I honestly think that Suicide Squad is the movie, is the, okay, I'm sorry. This is like a complicated thought, but take a walk with me here. It's the movie in the DC canon of the bad ones that's the closest to being good. 
Mm. Yeah. I agree with that actually. Yeah. And I think I think with I think with Gunn's track record with Guardians, I would be willing to bet, you know, like, you know, Phil said, he walked in and said, okay, let me do whatever I want. And they went, yeah, okay. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm very confident this will be a good movie. If, if he gets to both write and direct it, I like would be anything but a, a baseline of very good would be really, really shocking to me. You know, he's a proven, proven quantity at this point, And especially when it comes to making this movie, which its entire vision was ripping off his vision. Like, he's going to knock this out of the fucking park. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Guardians of the Galaxy production has reportedly been pushed back to 2021. Production. Holy shit. So, wow. 2021? That's fucking rough. Holy shit. That's the year. That's a year after it was supposed to release. Wow. Um, I think that's only happened with one other movie at uh, Marvel, right? And that was the Inhumans movie that never came to Mm. me. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, God. I don't know. I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if that movie never comes out. But Guardians is such a bankable property that maybe they'll maybe maybe they're they want the separation to kind of take the stink off it, take their time, find a right director and do it right. Yeah, I I think that's got to be it. It is like you cuz you have to think, right? Like yeah, the Guardians are super popular and everything, but they're going to be in Avengers 4. So like, you know, there's not really I don't feel like moviegoers are going to feel like they missed the Guardians by 2021. You know, they'll have seen them in a movie fairly recently at that point. It'll At max, it'll be a gap of two years between their last appearance and their next appearance, which is pretty standard, you know? Uh, I'd be about three, no, that's not actually. True. It'd be four three, three, maybe four, yeah. Oh, yeah. wait, yeah, no, because it if comes out is... next year. Yeah. Or no. Oh, yeah, because it doesn't start production in 2021, yeah. which would mean it would probably be yeah. out by, like, 2022. 23, maybe. 23, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, with all the CG that's in that's in those Guardians films, I, that turnaround. So, that, yeah. That would, that would be, like, six years since the last one. That's a long time. What other... F- Even if you have FaceTime, like, that's that's too much. What other franchise can you think of that didn't get rebooted that has had that long of a gap between movies? I, I can't think of one. Yeah, I mean, not not a block... Well, in Star Wars, but, you know... Those are both blockbusters. Yeah, yeah, so I, that's I true. Guess, I, I guess what I mean is... Cause the, correct me if I'm wrong, please, but those, with the exception of Indiana Jones, those aren't like... It's the next chapter, but it's not like the immediate next event. Whereas with Guardians 3, it's supposed to piggyback right off of what happens in Avengers 4 plus Guardians 2. So for the for the aftermath of that to take place so many years later, it feels like you miss your moment. Well, that's the thing is I think it's probably not going to be about that anymore. You know, I think that – But then – but they said they were using James Gunn's script. Ah, but pushing it back to 2021 – Maybe they're yeah, not. Yeah, maybe they're not. Like, maybe they're saying that now because there's this, oh, like, I don't want it if it's not by James Gunn and blah, 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 blah. But like you said, 
if it is, if it does take that long and we're talking about six years removed, right? Like, or not from, that would be from the last guardians, but like, what would, what would it be from now? You know, you're talking like four years, people will have be over it at that point, And James Gunn will have moved on to something else. And they'll have seen the guardians in other people's hands in terms of the Russos. And I, you know, now that we haven't this one other time, but it'll, this next movie will be the first time the guardians are on screen without any involvement from James Gunn. Yeah, I think I think if anything, what they'll probably do is they have all this lead time. They're probably going to find the right team, the right director, the right writer, and do it right in the Marvel sort of style. Like make sure it's timed out. Make sure that they have the the ability and flexibility to like make the script work into their larger story. So that way they can, when they come back, they can make it this big blowout. Like the Marvel is known to try to make opportunity out of situations like this like the same thing sort of happened with like ant-man which ended up being somewhat yeah, like a, a success true. you know so um i think they're going to be tactful about this considering it's such a huge property you're trying to direct marco or hell yeah baby so call me up hit me up looking for a job i want to <laughs> i want to include this because i think it's pertinent to the conversation we're currently having um uh, james gunn's brother sean was uh, interviewed recently uh, and he talked about this and he said I don't really know yet what's going on with Guardians 3. I know that Disney still wants to make the movie I know that they have every intention of using the script that my brother wrote obviously that was a very unfortunate situation for everybody, most of all him but I am also somebody who had been preparing to spend half a year making that movie and now it's up in the air um, and he also says, I'm not going to read the whole quote, but he also says that he was contacted by them very recently about this. Hmm. I don't I'm, know. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really add much I, I wonder, know, to the conversation. But. I wonder if there is something to your the theory you threw out a while ago, Sean, that maybe they might be trying to wait long enough to just bring James Gunn back. I Yeah, I, I really don't think that at that point in time people will still care yeah, like who gives a shit at that this. point who I mean, cares right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. the world may not even the world may not even be here in 2023 so <laughs> that's fair well and like um, not to get like too away from the the topic at hand too it's like you got to think like by that point we'll be like all, we'll, we'll we'll be a whole nother like presidential election later it's like that's so that's like a really significant amount of time away from when this actually happened and like the entire political atmosphere could be completely different at that point and maybe nobody gives a shit about that sort of thing or like we've already decided that it just doesn't matter you know he's made enough movies and it's like let's be real dude he's a white guy in hollywood like nobody holds people accountable for that fucking long like really well, I mean, he's already got his next gig at DC, like we talked about. Right. So. Well, because that, that's the thing is like what he did was really not even anything serious. It was a PR move. Like it wasn't like something that really like tanked his stock in many people's opinion, you know. And like if it did, like you probably weren't going to go see Suicide Squad anyway, you know. Like I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I agree with that. I have a right. hard time believing there's anyone who won't go see Suicide Squad too, who was going to see it anyway because he's attached. All I know is I'm ready to see Batista's Bronze Tiger. Yo, that was <laughs> Wildcat. Cool. Wildcat. That was the lead into this, and I think based on this new timeline, 
it's very possible that Batista appears in that. That would movie. be that would be so awesome. <laughs> I would love that. Is he legally allowed to do so? Is my question. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't be right. Um, what's his name? Probably legally allowed to do whatever he wants. He just has to pay a fine or whatever to get out of the contract. Well, but I mean, even like not considering that, like, uh, oh my god, what's his name? Who's the actor who plays Thanos? Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Josh He's Brolin. also Cable. You know, like that's yeah, but that's, that's still true. Marvel. But it's, but it's yeah, not, but it's Fox. But it's, like yeah, it's different studios. Like yeah, but that's not. But we're still talking about like this is a crunch. Like this is this would be President Trump now running on the Democrat ticket. This is still yeah. Ah. This is crossing the aisle. That's not. <laughs> I don't. I think in the film universe, I don't think there's a distinction though because his his. Like, if you, just think about it, like, from a business perspective, right? Like, if the non-compete clause was you're not allowed to be in any other superhero movies for X number of years or while you're with us or whatever, like, why would Josh Brolin be allowed to be in both of those movies? Unless maybe he had something in place before they asked for him and they made an exception. Like, those things are possible. But if you're thinking that everybody's playing by the same rules, I don't see why... Dave Bautista's contract would be more restrictive than Josh Brolin's. All I know is I'm waiting to see the evolution of what happens to Bautista. Mm. Yeah, because he's gung-ho to get out of there now. I I have a a real-life example of this, though, uh, was the... I can't remember his name at the moment, but the actor who played Cyclops in the original X-Men film. Marston. James Marston. James Marston, thank you. He was in that and... Superman Returns. Oh, yeah. Really? He was. Yep. He played Lois Lane's husband. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. I haven't oh, watched or thought about that movie in a long time. <laughs> That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I would I would also argue that that happened before both of these companies re- were really trying to, you know, or... or were succeeding at making a shared universe where things were yeah linear. the landscape was a, a that, little different then that's a fair point but it wasn't marvel studios it was it would have been fox and warner brothers who are very you know competing studios over years sure so but who, who knows we obviously don't know so uh it, it remains to be seen i would like to see uh batista portray drax again and I would probably rather see in them. Suicide Squad. All right, let's do it. <laughs> the most ambitious crossover in superhero movie history. Yeah, evolution. We'll see. Uh, so moving forward, Tom Holland made a special guest appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live this week, and uh, he showed off a little something. So the clip is is available. He put out on- his dick. Oh, <laughs> listen! You're ta- aren't you talking about like a like a 16 year old or something? No, no, he's like he's no, like 19 he, or 20. Yeah, he's, it, oh, he's got to be older fine. than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't just don't invite him to prom. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he could swing. He could swing you there, dude. You wouldn't even have to pay for a limo. He might stick your, his tongue down your throat, though. You don't want that. Well, um, you know that happens. You might you might get covered <laughs> in webs. Ooh, I know you know that happens. Uh, so, did you guys have a chance to see this? It's actually a really funny clip. Yeah. 
I didn't watch the whole thing because I yeah. couldn't stand it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. All right, I guess it's not that funny. Man. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, shit. There's a hole in our sail. The wind's gone. Yeah, I, I didn't. Well, it's it's all the hair in the in the Comics Pals mohawk. It, you know, that the wind goes straight through. You know, it's. Yeah. All right, Pete, go for it. I, I was going to say, I didn't I didn't see the actual clip. I just saw the uh, the pictures of the costume and everything. That was that was really the the, the headline for me. Sure. So how did he survive the finger snap? Let's put a pause on that because I want to talk about the costume real quick. Pete, what did you think about the costume? <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I, I I really like the um, that like red and black look that was pretty popular for a while in the 80s. And uh, I I think this is like it's a fun evolution of the costume, you know, because I think I like that every time that we've seen Spider-Man in the MCU, they've kind of freshened up the costume a little bit. You know, like this isn't a major departure from the classic blue and red or even what we saw in the last movie. But uh, it feels just like a little bit fresher. And, you know, especially given where it is in the timeline and like what, you know, Peter's been through and stuff like that, it seems like kind of a, a natural evolution. Yeah, I really, really love it. Uh, when I was a kid, one of my favorite toys that I had was actually a Spider-Man with... I mean, it's obviously not this costume, but it's a costume that you referenced, the red and black. Um, and I've, I've always been a fan of that that color scheme. With yes. the underarm yes. webs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I fucking... That's like one of my <laughs> yeah, favorites, same. you know? Like, I like it. It's subtle. It's subtle, and it's still the classic look, but it, it's its own, you know? Um, and that was, I think, Todd McFarlane's original. Design, that's right? the that's the original Ditko design. Like that's those that's those web des- those web wings have been around for well, years. I, I meant the black one. The black, yeah, the black and the black as well. Ditko's, Ditko's original was black. Art was red and black. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't brightened up until Romita got got on it mm, right after. Okay. Ditko. Okay. And yeah, and then I guess I guess like that was just kind of revisited in the eighties and like freshened up a little bit. And th- this looks more like that version that I remember, but because um, like it's got like a little bit of like a there's like a sleekness to it, you know, like it, it like the um, the lines seem like a little bit like smaller, you know, like it, it, even like the um, kind of like the print and everything, you know what I mean? Like it looks a little bit like. More, um, I don't know, I guess just like slight. It's sleek and it's chic. Go Spider-Man. Because <laughs> like the print on the one in, in, in Homecoming is like very bold. Yeah, the, the web the web design, yeah. In any event, I, I do think it's really cool. And, uh, yeah, I, it looks I kinda, fucking awesome. Yeah, I wonder how this, what will lead to this development of him shifting costumes because... You know, he can't make them by himself, so... Or maybe, I mean, maybe he can now, I don't know, but... If it's the Tony Stark design, right? Oh, I guess it wouldn't be, or... Well, no, it would be. That's the thing, man, it's like... It's so interesting because, like, if you think about... In Homecoming, right, like, he got his suit back, but then in um, Infinity War... He was wearing something different that was a different version of, like, the spider armor. And then, like, obviously this isn't that. So you have to imagine that, like, he either got a new suit from Tony or he took the old model and maybe, you know, innovated on it himself. Because, like, 
obviously the MCU Peter is still like techie and everything like that. And to think that he has access to better resources now that he's friends with Tony Stark isn't a stretch, you know? Yeah. Like maybe he's got some lab space that he's able to use now or something. Does this mean he survived a finger snap? Okay. Now, thank you. We can talk about that. Um, That is actually the biggest disappointment for me about this and about the way that Marvel has handled a lot of the announcements that they have made since Avengers Infinity War is that um, they're not treating it seriously. Like it, it doesn't, it, it no longer matters that that happened. And I understand that we're all smartened up and we all know what's going to happen. They're obviously not going to have all those characters never appear again. They're coming back, but I don't like the idea or the fact that we're they're not even playing like like it's like it mattered. You know? They're not even they're not even trying. Respect the case. They're they're but. giving people excuses not to go see the next movie. Wait, what? Eh. Like I mean I, you know you what's gonna so? happen. Yeah, but did you ever not know that was gonna happen? Well that's that's exactly my point. Like they're giving you that excuse. Yeah, but uh, Spider-Man will come back. Meh, whatever. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's going to stop people from going. You know, I think. I think it's more. Did, I think did honestly. I, hey, hey, did I say that? Okay, fine. But if you're not saying that, then it's like, who cares? You know, like. Well, I'm that, speaking exactly to what Sean's saying. Like they're not treating it seriously. They're giving people the excuse to not see it. Yeah, but I, but I think I think they're taking the gamble that people will see it anyway because like I think to Sean's point like even if you are uh, a normie at this point like it's super easy to know what happens because it's like okay well this is based on a comic book and in the comic book everybody comes back to life and that's a that's a Wikipedia article read away there was this just let me. You're giving way too much credit. I, no, I'm not, because there's also a million outlets that will do that for you. You know who had a video about the similarities between the comic and whatever? IGN, CBR, comicbook.com, you know, Polygon. Give too much credit. It's not. And no, a lot of normies don't go on that shit. I, like, I, I think Pete's right. Come on. Like, it's so it's so easy to know. It, it it's 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 the easiest accessible information about the, the those characters is what happened there. You're right, but there's people out there, a lot of them, who like do not look any of this okay. up. They do not go on websites but, like that. And, like when we saw when I saw Infinity War, there were people sobbing because they thought they were Okay, there. but if that's the truth then they probably didn't see this costume either and then the point is moot. I think Jimmy Kimmel's more accessible to a normie because it's just on television, you know? That's true. But if you watch the clip, they ask him. Also, did did you survive the snap? Because you're, you know, this movie's coming out, and then he like he's like, oh, I gotta go stop Thanos from robbing a bank. He's poor. Bye. Uh, because he's obviously he can't he can't answer that question. I, I, I don't. I personally don't think that sales wise it matters what they do. I'm not commenting on that. What I'm what I'm focused on is that for me. As a fan, and I would imagine for others as well, even though I'm hip to what's going on, I like the idea that they play coy and don't talk about Black Panther 2 being a thing or you know anything like that. I, I wish that they would play it like they're really gone and you have to go see the movie to know where they're going to go next. 
I agree with that. Yeah, I would. I would like as cool as it is to have seen this costume. I could have waited to see it when the movie came out or after Avengers Four. You know, you know, you know what's crazy? I didn't think about this before, but the finger snap is having real world implications. It made James Gunn disappear. Oh my Marvel. god! But uh, one thing I, I was trying to get to, that I was trying to get out before. Um, I, I don't really agree with what Phil's saying in terms of the fact that, like, normies don't pay attention to sh- shit like this. Like, if you care if you care enough about the Marvel movies that you were sobbing at the end because you thought Spider-Man was really dead, and you're telling me that you didn't see the images of his, like, suit getting passed around on Instagram or Twitter or Reddit or any of these other places, I just don't, I don't believe that. You know, I think enough people see it and it gets passed around. And if you don't care, you might have a friend who cares or a friend of a friend who cares who shares it and shares it. And, like, like, I don't go and seek out this news every day, but, like, a lot of it just kind of comes into the lexicon, you know? Like, and I, I know I'm in a bubble because I care about this shit, but, like, a lot of people care about this shit. These are like the top grossing movies every year. I've got a 10-year-old sister who can't do any of the things you just talked about. And she bawled because Groot died. And did she see the Spider-Man costume on Jimmy Kimmel? No, she's not allowed to stay up that late because she's 10 years old. <laughs> so then, so then, <laughs> that's my point. Yeah, so like what, so what, why does it matter? Like, your 10-year-old sister doesn't know that Spider-Man is coming back in Spider-Man Far From Home because she's not aware of it, because she's not watching Jimmy Kimmel or on Instagram or on any of those other places. So then why does it matter? The rest of us... For her, the Kate, the kayfabe has been respected. Well, yeah, but that's because she's a kid. And for the rest of us, we go on the internet and get that broken. Like, that's what happens. People talk. Yeah, we did go on the internet and get set, broken. Like, True. set photos came out of this of this costume before he went on Jimmy Kimmel. You know, like... Oh, this information is going to come out one way or the other. So, um, Miranda doesn't follow this stuff at all, right? And uh, for those of you who don't know, Miranda's my girlfriend. Um, she doesn't look for this stuff, right? She follows some of the some of the actors. She follows Tom Holland. She follows um, what's his face, um, Pratt, and so like she knows that things happened in the last movie, but. For her, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not in the movie. They could just they could just be dead and not in the movie, or they could just be hyping the movie for, like, to push to push it in general. Like they, just because they're out and about and they're doing stuff, doesn't necessarily mean that it translates back to the movie for her at least. So she doesn't really care. So that they can be out, they can be doing things. For her, it's like all right, cool. Like it, they're just out. They're pushing this thing that they want to sell and that they want to continue to work on, whether or not they're in the movie. And if they do do something like a tease, it, he could be dead. He could not be dead. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter to her. She wants to see the story. I I guess I see that, but like I could see that for in for Avengers Four. I could see Tom Holland doing promo for Avengers Four because even though he's not in the movie, it's tied directly to a movie he was just in. And I like and people people like him. I get that. But for me personally, and I, you know whatever. I just don't want to see – I have the same problem in comics. I don't want to talk about the event that's coming after the event I'm reading about. I, I just don't. I don't want to see clips. I don't want to know what's going to happen. I don't want to know who's in it. I don't care. I'm focused on what I'm watching or what I'm reading, and I wish that they would do that, but I understand why they don't. Oh, man. Civil War Three is coming out. I just read Civil War Two. <laughs> Please, no. Yeah, and, like, I I agree with you on a personal level, Sean. I think it's just, like, with the nature of the web 
like it's it just gets harder and harder to do that and like surf the web surf the web <laughs> and i think uh one of the things that i thought was really interesting was a lot of people um I saw a lot of people on Twitter comparing the situation to when um, spoilers for like two seasons ago on Game of Thrones when Jon Snow was dead, um, and Game of Thrones was like, "Oh, we don't know. Like he has, he's not on set." And like they really tried to drag this thing out and prove that he wasn't coming back, but everybody knew and figured it out before the first episode. So like that scene still didn't have that same impact of like, "Oh fuck, we didn't know." It's like we knew, we knew, you know, like we had people had sleuthed it out. And I feel like with the the internet era, like, that's just kind of how it goes. And it's not that, like, I want it this way, but I don't necessarily, like, blame Marvel for not, like, trying to, like, go too far with the wink and a nudge. It's like, whatever. We all know what's going on here. Like, let's just let's just show our cards. That's different than that's different than this, though, because they tried to keep it a secret and fans wouldn't let it happen. Yeah, and I that's think, what I'm saying. This is like a totally different tact. They're just saying, yeah. fuck it. Yeah, I, I I just wish they wouldn't do that. But, hey, gotta sell, uh, gotta sell tickets, I guess. Yeah, now I'm ready to buy an action figure of this brand new suit. So give me the Funko Pop or whatever. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so dropped very recently, last night for us, is the news that Luke Cage has been canceled. And Netflix, and we cannot expect there will not be a season three. Dun, dun, dun. No, so like, <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Phil, go back in time. We need you. <laughs> He's not even doing the theme song anymore, right? <laughs> He's played some no played so much of it. We're probably going to get fined or something. Lazy son that's of a true. bitch. That's yeah, actually we're only allowed ten, ten consecutive seconds. Game. 10 seconds? Cool. Rock that. 10 consecutive seconds. Oh, yes. So that means you're going to put it in the show? <laughs> yeah. Sweet. It's going out. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so uh, Marvel and Netflix released a joint statement where they said, unfortunately, Marvel's Luke Cage will not return for a third season. Everyone at Marvel Television and Netflix is grateful to the dedicated showrunner, writers, cast, and crew who brought Harlem's hero to life for the past two seasons and to all the fans who have supported this series. That's weird, uh, and let me explain why. Deadline says the cancellation of Luke Cage is a surprise because the showrunner, Chael Hodari Coker, was putting together his writer's room, and Mike Coulter had been on Twitter teasing what was going to happen in season three. So it, it just, it's weird, and then on top of that, they reported, and so did Variety, that there were talks for new episodes of Luke, but that... They fell through, and Netflix concluded that it's not feasible. So a deal just couldn't be reached. But what is keeping what is what is keeping them from making the show? So Sean, wasn't Iron Fist canceled? Yeah. Huh. It seems like to me there are now a couple of heroes for hire. For sure, you're absolutely right. But here's the other wrinkle. Jessica Jones is probably going to end too because the showrunner, Melissa Rosenberg, is leaving after the next season. She's done. But but they are still doing a season three. Season three is coming, but that will be her personal last season as showrunner, and she's been with the series since the first one. <clears throat> that seems like a natural endpoint. And, I mean, we thought Luke Cage was coming 
all up until last night. So, well, Jessica Jones. Well, I don't. I don't know that that's true. I was gonna say I. I think they're filming, but I. I could be. I. I don't know that to be true. So I don't want to. Um. But yeah, I don't think we're gonna see a, another season of Jessica Jones. Punisher finished wrapping, so that's that's coming, and we're probably gonna find out about that really soon. But we could be at the end of the Marvel Netflix era. Which makes sense, right? I mean, I think when, when this is all said and done, you're looking at like almost what, 15 seasons of television. Like, that's quite a bit. Um, so, you know, I think we've talked about this a lot for a while now where like ever since Defenders, it's felt like they have kind of struggled to find their feet again. And, you know, I'm excited to jump into Daredevil season three and hopefully that gives me the, you know, desire to go back to uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. But if not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Like if Daredevil season three ends in a good place and it feels like there's some closure for it, like I don't necessarily know that I need more. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I cannot, I, I cannot agree with that. Daredevil's too good. Like. I, I love Daredevil. Daredevil could go for forever if, if it was good and I'd keep watching it. But, you know, I would rather it end while it's on top than get a season that isn't up to its quality. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. You know, the speculation of, oh, it's going to get bad later. Is it's hard to go by that because it's been it's been great, and I don't think it's been great for Netflix. I don't think it's been great for Marvel. I think it's been great for television. You know, like I would put Daredevil so far alongside some of the greatest television shows I've ever watched in my entire life. And, and maybe maybe this is more just a sign of them like pe- like trimming down what they're going to be offering like maybe we are going to see daredevil and punisher move forward and instead of doing was that no they can't well, i don't know i don't know get about a new show it's over for that yeah i don't i don't think we're going to see any new shows but um i i i don't think that seeing daredevil and punisher move forward if they're both still successful is impossible but i kind of think that marvel might just be gearing up to end all of these shows to take them over to their own service i think is really the thing like they they mentioned how we would see danny rand again in the future i don't think a hero for hire show is out of the realm of possibility maybe if they decided instead of doing a season three of both of those shows they're going to bring those shows together and you know do that as season three and that'll be how they close all these things out like that's totally possible but i i think the most likely scenario is that we'll see these characters find new life on marvel streaming that might be really sticky legally with the actors and stuff in the in netflix yeah that's that's an absolute mess they might and then also they talked about doing shows for like scarlet witch and loki and personally i'm not i don't care at all about iron fist or luke cage when i could watch those shows because those are so those those characters are so much bigger. I'm so much invested in what's going on in their worlds. Luke Cage and Iron Fist haven't necessarily been very good anyway, so uh, they they don't they don't stand on the same footing in in my opinion. See, I would say I disagree, just because I think you know when b- before Defenders, I was like pretty strongly of the of the opinion that Marvel's Netflix stuff was kind of the cream of the crop. 
You know, like I still think Daredevil is the best thing in the MCU, and um, I'm I'm way more interested in grounded superhero stories, like street level superheroes, than the grandiose. Like that's always been been my taste. So I I would actually much rather have. Like, if there was a Heroes for Hire show that was as good as Daredevil, I would be way more interested in that than a show about Scarlet Witch. I don't really care about Scarlet Witch. If the show about Scarlet Witch was equally as good, you just wouldn't watch it? You wouldn't care? No, I didn't say I wouldn't watch it, but I, I would be more interested in... Like, if, if you were asking me, like, would you rather have a Heroes for Hire show that's as good as Daredevil or a Scarlet Witch show that's as good as Daredevil, I would pick Heroes for Hire. Like, I'm I'm way more interested in that level of superheroing and i like luke cage and iron fist do you think that let's say they were taking these shows off the air or off netflix so they can launch their streaming service would this would a, sh- a show announcement of heroes for hire or season three there interest you enough to potentially join the service no nah. for me it would really depend like it yeah. like if it came out and it was that good right like if it's oh it is that good and it's you know everyone's blown away by it and it's incredible and you've got to check it out and you know there are some of these other shows like that are also being offered or that are in development or like if they were like hey you know marvel streaming service is starting with heroes for hire season one uh daredevil season four punisher season three jessica jones season three and, you know, we have Luke uh, or Loki and Scarlet Witch are coming in, you know, next year or whatever. Like that might, you know, that's something that might get me there. But it depends. Like I'm I haven't been motivated enough to watch the last few seasons of these shows, but I might feel a lot differently after Daredevil season three. You know, like I don't want to rule anything out, but the idea of getting me in for a new streaming service is a really tall order. But if you had between, you know, four and six or seven shows that I knew were coming, that I was definitely interested in, that I knew we were going to want to talk about on this show, maybe. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't join the subscription service for anything other than shows that tie directly with into the films. I'm, I don't care about anything that Marvel produces on the small screen except for the Netflix characters and those shows – of those shows, only two of them are standouts at this point, and I don't need another streaming service to be able to continue to watch shows I don't think are that good anyways. But I also don't necessarily know that I'm going to buy a new subscription for a show, even if it is Scarlet Witch, who I love dearly, if it doesn't connect with the MCU. And it will. So that's what I want to see at this point. So so you're saying that you, like if Daredevil Season 4 came out on that, you wouldn't care? Uh, I'm not spending more money for another streaming service if that's all I'm going to get. No. no, I yeah, but like if it had all those other things, like if it was that, and there was a Scarlet Witch show that tied in with the MCU, and there was Punisher, and there was oh they, yeah, for sure. But they wouldn't even need to tell me that once you tell me oh there's a you know a Scarlet Witch show or whatever show that ties into the MCU, I'm going to buy it. And then if Daredevil's there, that's a bonus. That's but the opposite's not true. That's crazy to me. Um, because I I would say I feel the exact opposite. That's funny. Um, cause like, I, I'm more invested in the MCU than you are. That's fair. I would say I'm more invested than Dare, in Daredevil, you know, like that's like just more, that's a higher quality to me than anything in the MCU really. And like, I care more about that than any other property. I don't know. 
Captain America movies are pretty good. Those are really good. It's true. But that doesn't mean that those shows will be. Yeah, but that you can't make an assumption on this side of it about quality. If like my my the only assumption I think is fair to make is that they would try to make those shows as good as their movies because then it's it's Marvel specifically producing them with all their own tools. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's interesting. It's really interesting to think about where this is all going to be in another six months and like where I don't know, I guess where the future of these properties lie. Like, are they going to end on Netflix and that's going to be the end of them? And this is going to be a weird little tangential chapter to the MCU or are they going to get rolled in in a more significant way because they're going to be on the streaming service or something like that? Does anyone else want to chime in? I don't think I have any interest in getting a streaming service either. I'm kind of with you, Sean, with the money aspect. I think I'd be inclined to get a month service for $10 if it was like, oh, by the way, season four of Daredevil came out. I'd be like, all right, I'll pay 10 bucks for one month for that because it's like watching a movie. I wouldn't even do that. You get, me on, <laughs> no. get me on the fucking free month and I'll think free about trial. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I'll, fucking, I, see, I I'll think about too. it because then I have to go through the effort of canceling and I'm not sure that's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise, yeah, I, I, I have no interest in more subscription services. Because at this point, too, we're also talking about a DC script service that... I mean, if if Marco if what it. everybody says about Titans is true, then you know is looking to be like it might be pretty good. So now you're going to have a, a certified fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah so, so now you're. Oh, go ahead, bud. So now you're talking about a DC and a Marvel subscription service. That's at least ten bucks, uh, twenty bucks. On top of people, yeah. On top of people having Netflix, right? All Hulu, the other stuff, Amazon, Spotify Premium, what have you. At this rate, like the way these companies are approaching it, people are going to rack up $50, $60 monthly subscription fees, which most people cannot afford. Yeah, and I, I think I think the reality, though, is it's um, – to, to Sean's point earlier about it's easy to sit on this side of the fence and say, I won't get that. It all depends on the content. Like – not for I don't me. own a single subscription service. Well, but that's, yeah. that's the thing, right? Like you have access to them though, right? Yeah, if I get like uh, I was gonna say illegal access, if I'm given access through a friend, yeah, sure, fuck, go. But watch that, it. that's my point, right? Is like you know, I, I I think if the content is good enough, people will come, and if you care about the content but you're not willing to spend the money, you probably like like you said, Marco's got a subscription to the DC online service. If we all decide we want to uh, review Titans, guess what we're gonna do? B- ask that's ask him to share the the thing. Pay for your own shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I I never say never because I never thought I would get Netflix and I have Netflix now and I never thought I would get Hulu and I have Hulu and I never thought I would pay for Spotify premium and I pay for Spotify premium. So yeah. the only reason that like I got the, the DC one is obviously for Swamp Thing, right? So, like the Marvel uh-huh. one doesn't interest me, but once that either does well or flops like I, i'd probably cancel it and would wait for an aggregator kind of like a verve where i can get access to more things or maybe it becomes an extension on netflix or maybe it becomes an extension on hulu or something like i'll wait for that sort of alternative because they've there have been so many of those like hbo on hulu or something or showtime that kind of thing where they allow for that access yeah. i don't know though man 
Cause I don't, I don't think that's gonna keep happening. Cause like you, you look at Verve and like they just announced this week that Funimation is pulling out because they're starting their own rival service, you know, and like. But it was also it was also announced this week that somebody else joined them and they actually have more content than Funimation. Fuck yeah, take that Funimation in the butt. Wow, and you know it's it's the thing of like I. I don't know. It's tough because we're still in the wild west of all this stuff, man. You know, I think that like for a long time, there was one or two services that aggregated everyone's content. And I don't know how, I don't know how realistic that's going to well, be moving. Let's, forward. let's, let's shift because we're, 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 you know, we've kind of drifted away from the initial conversation and we're going to be talking about uh, comic books on television for our main topic anyways. So let's jump into that. So we just had a long conversation about, you know, the Netflix Marvel shows and how good they are. Well, I guess we talked about them in a varying sense of quality, but Daredevil is a standout and uh, so is Punisher. And uh, watching Daredevil got me thinking about the fact that I kind of think that television shows are where these characters have probably thrived the most. Uh, for many many years, and that might be the unsung hero in forms in the in the sense of media for these characters. Now, I know that's a big statement because there are some quality films out there, but let's think about how we all even got into this thing. I would also argue that you uh, have uh, argued against that statement before, if I'm not mistaken. No, I haven't. Mm? You, you are you are sure? Mistaken. Yes, you are mistaken. What I have said in the past is that I have no interest in shows like, say, a Spider-Man show or a Batman show because they won't have the budget to make them quality. You can't do like you can't make a let's say um, I don't know, Thor. You can't make a Thor show as good as Daredevil because the Thor show is not going to have the budget to do Thor stuff. So Thor, because of budgetary restrictions, makes more sense on film. But would I be more interested in a Thor show than a movie? Yes. I think every, I think every character probably, if you could have an infinite budget or a, a budget that's, that's similar to a film's, would be better suited in a serialized format because that's where they came from. I think you're going to get a Thor-style <clears throat> Smallville show instead and you're going to like it. That's what would happen and that's what I hate. Um but the point I was going to make was a lot of the a lot of the television shows have actually been the the sort of bridge for non comic book fans to get into these characters. I know it was for me the the, the animated series that was how I joined. Absolutely, dude. Uh, the Spider Man show, X Men, X Men Evolution, Batman the animated series, Superman the animated series, Justice League, like name three more. We. Uh, static, static shock, uh, <laughs> ultimate Spider-Man. No, uh, spectacular Spider-Man. That was older. Okay, you know what? You got Spider-Man Unlimited. That was the one. Batman yeah. Beyond. And then he said that. Batman Beyond. There he we go. That. He said the animated Did I? series. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I said the animated series. I don't think I said Beyond. Oh, yeah. well, okay. There we go. I can't believe that was so hard. Pathetic. You know, Kale. It's funny because you actually did that bit in the first episode. <laughs> name was, oh, name three more. Yeah, yeah. He was naming. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he was naming comic book creators who influenced him, and you said that, and he he went on to. He actually <laughs> did four, and then you were like, okay, stop. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. But yeah, I, I think your your point definitely stands. 
Sean, that like there is a rich history of uh, of of superheroes on television, and it goes even further back than that, right? Like, what's the definitive Batman for our parents' generation? It's the Batman TV show, you know. And uh, I, I I totally agree with your point about the fact that like it works because superheroes work in a serialized format. That's where they, you know. Um, were born and that's where they thrive I think you know not to say that there aren't a lot of great one-offs and that there haven't been a lot of great superhero movies because there have been but I think in terms of you know where these characters exist at their strongest it's it's when they have room to breathe and when they have room to grow and change and when you have the ability to establish character and then um have there be payoffs for that establishment right like the arc that Wilson Fisk goes through in the first season of Daredevil is not something that would work in a two-hour format. Likely not. Like, very likely not. Yeah, no, okay, to say it's impossible, right? No, but, yeah, like... But pretty the much. Reason, yeah, I think so. The reason that character stands out and has so much depth, especially at the time when we were like, oh, he's the objectively the best Marvel villain because he has the most depth. Well, why do you think that is? You know, there was time spent on establishing who he is and showing multiple shades of the character because you have time and space to do so, you know, and you have the ability to present more nuanced heroes and villains because you don't have to boil down everybody's character motivations into a two and a half hour, you know, runtime. You can do that in films. It happens all the time. I mean, just most recently in the most recent MCU film, I guess two films ago, uh, Thanos. Thanos is as good as any uh, cinematic villain as there's been in the last 30 years. But that only works because you're allowed to focus on just Thanos for that movie for most of the storytelling and building. And you have 10 years of other movies to build on for how you already know who Tony Stark and Peter Parker and Doctor Strange. And, you know, like the relationship between Peter Quill and Gamora, that's like a big moment in like it leads to several big moments in the film you wouldn't understand unless you you know what i mean like there's so much context that it's built on that you're allowed to just be like well what's thanos's deal it's also not his first appearance that's well, true too okay i mean we've talked about this kind of thing before but i mean hannibal lecter is one of the greatest cinematic antagonists of all time and that was one movie that's his movie or darth vader and that's that was before the other two movies came out. That was just the original Star Wars movie that he was considered. Darth Vader isn't a good villain though because of his story in the original trilogy. He's good because he's iconic, he's imposing, he's well acted. Like if you if you go by just episodes 4, 5 and 6 and I tell you what is the story of Darth Vader? Like you know you you I don't think you need a story necessarily for a good villain. Though. But my point is that Wilson Fisk in Daredevil is a more nuanced character than Darth Vader. <laughs> like Darth Vader is a is an iconic fantastic movie villain but he's like comparatively in terms of like when you ask me what is Wilson Fisk's motivation why does he act the way that he acts like what's his you know what's his backstory like you know what like why I have an emotional investment in him as a character like I don't feel empathy for Darth Vader in 4 5 and 6 Maybe you can after. I mean, I guess in you the don't. final, yeah. his final moments, well, but the, not in. What about the final minutes? Four and five. Empathy, dog. I feel a different kind of empathy. I feel empathy that those movies were made. There you go. Like, oh man, I'm sorry you're in those movies. But like, think about it. Like, if Star Wars was just Star Wars, like it was originally intended, and we never got a full series where he had redemption, you wouldn't think of Vader as a character who had you had empathy for. You'd think of him as like a 
you know, and I don't mean this negatively. I love Star Wars, but he's like a cartoonish villain. He's a villain. He's a bad guy and he does bad things. Like it's not until his redemption arc, which took place over three movies where you see, oh, there's nuance to this character and he has heart and whatever. And like that, that's kind of the point, right? It's like serialization gives you room to, to grow characters in a way that you don't in one film. Because you have to tell, well, okay, there's five main characters. All right, well, what are their deals? And how can every one of them have a satisfying emotional arc? And rarely, most of the time, everyone doesn't get one. One or two characters do, maybe. Well, I think uh, even though there, you know, there may be the ability to, to quarrel with that here or there, I think when you're talking about comic book films, I can count on my hands, I think, the amount of villains have had one appearance in a movie, you know, even if it was like, I'm thinking of the Joker, like, yes, he's, he's appeared multiple times, but in terms of recurring, he's never been a recurring villain in a movie. He always, you know, dies or whatever. And in the dark Knight, he was phenomenal, but what other examples of that are there really, you know? Um, whereas within these shows that we're talking about, and I, I, like, I think of, you know, especially the animated shows, in that era, what great movies for these characters did we have? I, I, I would argue that the animated series anchored those characters outside of comics for that time period. Well, and especially when, when you're talking about specifically Batman, Batman the animated series added more to the Batman mythos than any Batman film ever has, period. They invented Harley Quinn. And like... I think the look and feel and tone of that show, like there's an entire generation who thinks of that as Batman, you know, and, and like that is Batman's tone that, you know, that very distinctive style that it had, that kind of gritty neo-noir, you know, and like that's, I don't know, I, I think every other, like 89 Batman's great, but what about it? has really stood the test of time. What about it wasn't pulling from something else? Michelle you know? Pfeiffer. That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and then when you when you jump forward and you talk about like Lois and Clark, it, it amazes me that this is the case, but there are still people who talk about that show. That show was very impactful for a lot of people. That's because Dean Kane is still doing stuff. He's going to be yep. at Paris Comic-Con next week. Shit, you know what, dude? You know what I just thought of, too, was another thing from the Batman the Animated Series? That was where we got the, the now-canonical backstory of Mr. Freeze. You know, like, they recontextualize characters in really meaningful ways. And, like, the whole Batman Arkham series, it like, spun origin. off from that. What's that? They changed his origin. Did they? Yeah, okay. Like, six years That's ago. That's a bummer. But Oh, you mean in the comics? Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the whole backstory with his wife and everything. Yeah, they, and that they, didn't stick. The animated series oh, made it more sympathetic again. for sure. Um, yeah, Lois and Clark has a huge following because it um, it's a show about shipping, and uh, you know how people feel about that. Dean Kane doesn't do much. He's like in Christian movies now. Hey, <laughs> that's like he's his still thing. doing his thing, man. That's I mean, for him, I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I guess the point is, though, uh, at least for formative minds, those shows were super impactful. Um, it's like Sean said, uh, how many of people our age 
gotten into stuff like that because of you know uh, BTAS or or Justice League or what have you. So I wonder. My question is, I wonder if that's happening with the Netflix shows now, or is there such a saturation? Well, maybe like the CW shows, even. I think the CW shows would be a better example, actually. Because like, there's a lot of kids that really are into that stuff because it's just really lighthearted and episodic, with that kind of. I mean, there's a lot of adults that like like Miranda loves those shows because they're just like fun. They're uh, a little more whimsical, and then they're outlandish at times. Like, but they're they're fun. So like she loves that stuff. That means she's not going to watch one thing with you. She's not definitely not because it's not <laughs> it's not her jam. So I think to your point though, Phil, um, and you were starting this point anyway. I think I think there's a saturation of superhero media that wasn't present when we were kids. Like superheroes were a big deal, but not in the way that they are now, right? Like when we were kids, there were a ton of superhero shows, but like your options were fairly limited. You know, there was, like, three shows from, like, when we were really young, there was an X-Men sh- at any given time, there was an X-Men show, a Hulk show, a Spider-Man show, a Batman show, a Superman show, and a Justice League show. And then one or two other hangers on, maybe, you know? Um, whereas now, there are easily that many superhero cartoons. There's the Netflix shows. There's three or four movies every year. There's, you know... There's just a lot more. Like, superheroes are everywhere. Like, there's toys everywhere. Like, I I can't tell you how many times when I go to a public place and I see a kid in a Captain America or an Iron Man shirt or something, you know? Or how many kids there are at Comic-Con every year now and stuff like that. Like, it's definitely... Like, if you're a kid, I think it's kind of hard to not be into superheroes on some level right now. I feel like they're almost like Pokemon were when we were a kid, where it's like one of those things that is just like pervasive again, you know, and like people give a shit. Yeah, like it'll be right now, you know, all this superhero stuff is kind of coming back and everything and or not coming back, but there's we're looking back at these things uh, nostalgically. And I think for this next generation that has grown up with all this and all this prevalent to your point, Pete, that's the thing that they're going to look back to be like, hey, you know, this was the thing that was popular in my time. It'll be coming back up maybe in the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, Young Justice was awesome. Or when I was a kid, you know, the Avengers movies were everything, you know, like if you were like six years old or eight years old when you saw Avengers for the first time or whatever, and like you're, you know, now 10 or whatever, and you're watching Infinity War, like that's something that you're going to think of as like, the big thing when you were a kid in the same way that we might look back on 89 Batman or like the original Spider-Man movie or the original X-Men trilogy, like not the trilogy, yeah. the first two. Uh, but when, when, that's when we look back, there's plenty. We really remember movies like Fantastic Four and Ghost Rider and Catwoman and Daredevil. Those movies changed our lives. And kids are going to look back and think, you know what? Dawn of Justice, Man of Steel. But anyway, Justice so- League. I, I like two years later. You're still milking the same fucking bit, <laughs> huh? I think that right now, you know, putting aside the movies, if there were no movies, forget that. We're in the golden age of these shows because even even Luke Cage or Iron Fist, that you know, generally it's agreed upon that those are the worst of the Netflix Marvel shows. If those shows, if either one of those shows was on in like 2002, that would have been the jam. Like, you know, it, it wouldn't have been bad. It would have been fine. We would have been happy. 
Um, but now our expectations are so high because it has gotten so good that we see those as being kind of like lesser shows. But when you look at the CW, you've got a lot of quality over there. Um, Netflix, there's a lot of quality there. And then the other thing that we don't even talk about is that Walking Dead is a comic book show. You know, Riverdale. Um, Riverdale is a comic book show. Preacher is a comic book show. And all of those shows are doing well. And they're liked and they're enjoyed. And it's so cool that these characters have a life outside of comics and outside of movies that I think gives us a better breath. Well, not not compared to comics, but compared to films, certainly. Gives us a better breath and understanding of who they really are and is a great way to see... Because that Daredevil movie, right? If you watch that movie, you don't know who Daredevil is. If you watch this show, this is as good as it gets. This is up there with the best comic book stories they've ever told with that character. So, so, uh, so Sean, to like one of the the points you made just about this being sort of the the golden age for it. I think this is for for television at least. I think this is sort of uh, we're entering that sort of post golden age, just because we're able to have these sort of have these shows like have them as live action shows because the you know television or the golden age of television that sort of resurgence was kind of like the early thousands with uh uh or even the early tens with the walking dead you had game of thrones where production was put into these shows and we're reaping the benefits of that with the cw with uh netflix because people are more willing to invest in that television because they saw the success of uh of these other shows and bringing television to like a new level and allow them to enter that field and be like, all right, this is the kind of shit we're putting our money into and investing because people care about this and we can do this now. You know, a, a couple years back, you put on a, a superhero television show, it'd be animated or it'd be somewhat cheesy and get canceled in a couple seasons. Well, that's the thing I was going to say is we're kind of overlooking like the most penetrative popular superhero property with kids which is teen titans go yeah yeah that's true that's 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 huge that's like every little kid's jam that's their spongebob now yeah um and it's just goofy antics well and and i think i think something that um kind of can't be overstated here and i i think it's it's interesting because you know we talk about this stuff all the time but I think every once in a while we come at it from an angle that's a little bit different and it makes me think. And uh, this is one of those times because I think if you look at when all of us entered this industry or even when we started the show, the landscape was so much different. And the fact that we live in a world where we as, you know, like activated comic book people or, you know, superhero fans, whatever, um, Marco notwithstanding – uh, the fact that there are so many superhero shows, even one set, like set, quote unquote, within the MCU that we haven't seen speaks to the fact that there is a saturation point that's insane. Because by all accounts, Runaways is really good. Um, by all accounts, uh, Cloak and Dagger is really good. By all accounts, uh, what's that X-Men show? Um, the Gifted. Legion. Legion and The Gifted, right? Um, the the there's all these CW shows that I don't fucking watch, but they've all have been on for like four or five or Preacher. six years. Preacher, like Gotham. they're Gotham. Give me right? three like, more. Ooh, I don't think I can. But <laughs> the the point is, Flash, nice Justice League action. Nice. Those are all okay. Th- One whatever. More. 
Batman Brave Braving the Bold. Let's. No, uh, that's canceled. That's not on anymore. Well, well Flash is also already mentioned in a different category, so you're a dummy. Um, the point I'm making. New here, category, new question. Oh my god! This is not Jeopardy! <laughs> so, Sean, what were you saying? I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> Pete was. <laughs> Wait, Pete was talking? I don't believe it. Don't make him stick his tongue down your throat. Go ahead. <laughs> Titans. <laughs> Titans. There we go. Three. That's the show. Um, actually, that's a great. That's actually a great one. Titans. Um, the the point here is that Agents of Shield. There, there it are is. so many Fuck. inroads. There are so many inroads. If you if you care about superheroes, or even if you don't, for you to kind of casually fall into it because superheroes are you know aside from when they were at their most popular in comics, this is probably the most like relevant they've ever been to the broader culture. Yeah, I and and you know what really is crazy to me to that to that point, Pete, is that if I was eleven years old, this would be the greatest time in my life because I'd yeah, be watching dude. every. I, I I don't even watch these shows, and I know you know like if I was eleven, if I was thirteen, I'd be all over it. Like I used to feel yeah, like I was small, eleven, and these yep. shows are way better than that. So it's just incredible to me the power of these characters and how they found a life on the small screen and in a way that I feel is the driving force in some ways behind the success. Because you look at the you look at the DC movies. I don't even know that there are that many people who care about those over the CW shows. No way! There is a fandom around the CW shows that is massive, dude. And people and, fucking love Arrow and Flash and, and Supergirl. Rabid. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, and Riverdale too, right? Like those shows are a big deal. Like people fucking like those shows. Um, I feel like Riverdale so much. You should do a podcast on it. <laughs> well, it's a good idea. Uh, we're hey, Olivia, call me up. Uh, so I I did just have one last thing I wanted to to just I guess or one last nugget I wanted to throw out to you guys uh, that this has has made me think about, which is you know I think we often talk about you know, the future of comics and, you know, when this bubble is going to burst and all those sorts of things. These are all topics that come up a lot on this show. And something that I don't know that we ever really think about enough or that we give um, proper credence to is how important it is that there are kids like what Sean is saying to the future of comics. The fact that there is an entire generation of kids and two generations in some cases now, probably, um, who are growing up with this being part of their dominant culture, a thing that they're rabid for, a thing that they're consuming like crazy. Uh, I wonder what that actually means for the future of comics. Like, even if if even 50% of those kids that grow up obsessed with superheroes keep maintain an interest and decide to, to get interested in comics, that could lead to a huge increase in comics readers. Or if any of them become directors or writers or producers and they're like, you know what? When I was a kid, I fucking loved the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, maybe it's time to bring that back or whatever. Like, we're setting ourselves up for another golden age of superhero content 20, 30 years from now when all these kids are the ones in charge. The same way that the, the people like Jeff Johns are running the show now. And even even from like a, a cultural perspective, those people will not see comics as taboo and the previous generation won't either. Like our generation will be like, yeah, go for that. Like read that. That's okay because, you know, we're sort of 
let's say a different generation we're sort of the the, we're the, the generation that yeah we are and like and we got like our asses kicked for that right and like you get to just read a comic book and that's fucking cool it's like so it's it. like hip to like superheroes now you know like it wasn't when iron man came out and and i think that that is what is probably going to keep this going on for i mean i don't want to say all time because who the hell knows but for a long time because there's never been this has never happened before with anything else. What can you think of? You know, like go, go, I, I was just gonna say, like you know, the, the the example that often gets brought up is westerns, and I don't really know that that had the lifespan and the multimedia takeover right. that right. we have seen with comics, and especially when you talk about television, you can always make a television show about this stuff, even when no one cared about the movies. There were TV shows, so. I just don't really see why this would ever end when everybody that's a kid right now is engaged with this and is going to grow up to want to make it just like we did. Yeah, I think I, – I'm sorry. I just want to make one more point, Phil. And I know you've been trying to get in, but just the Western thing. I think that makes a lot of sense when you're just talking about films. But the point you're making, Sean, is a really salient one is that superheroes are not just on films and TV. Like there are books and and I think a thing that we talk about a lot in the video game pals that doesn't come up on this show is we're probably about to enter a golden age of superhero video games as well, which is going to be another thing of like an entire generation growing up with like the Spider-Man game that just came out and the 10 other fucking games that you know Marvel has in development. A few of Superman which, 64! Exactly. Uh, no. But yeah, I, I think you're totally right that the the legs on this are so much longer than we thought. And then the Western uh, comparison is fair to make because there are all these other avenues to maintain interest. And the fact that superheroes, even if adults hit a point where we're sick of superhero movies, there's always a new generation of kids and superheroes are fucking cool. And like they, they don't have that same baggage because they didn't watch three or four or five Batman movies before this one. This one is their one. And that's all that really matters. And I think that cycle is something I've never really thought about. And the fact that this trend has existed long enough for like us to grow up to be adults from when it started. And that the kids that were born when that started are now preteens or teenagers. And they've got a whole other, like they have the same nostalgia for the same shit that we do but without all the baggage of the stuff that came before them, you know, and, and that they might have another 10 years worth of bandwidth before they get burned out. And like, how many times can we rinse and repeat that? So do you guys just want me to go check or what? No, no. I'd I rather... thought you could only go backwards. I, I can go forwards. One thing, one thing I want to sort of splinter off this whole thing and, and sort of to, to talk about Pete's point and, and this will probably just be a quick, quick thought but uh it's also worth noting the kids who are growing up now and watching all this stuff not only are they going to go on to you know likely create more superhero content they're going to make other stuff too yes you know uh gerard way grew up reading grant morrison and doing all this other stuff and he came up with the umbrella academy and while that is you know a superhero book it's a weird different superhero book and then you've got people. Even, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. And then you've got people like uh, uh, Noel. Fuck, what's her name? Noel uh, 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 Stevenson. Noel Stevenson. She did uh, uh, Nimona, and um, uh, she's on the Shira 
She's like the oh on the the Netflix uh, reboot. She, yeah, she's the the head writer, the showrunner of the the She-Ra cartoon. She grew up reading all that that same stuff. And actually, to that point, Kale, I think the fact that like there is um, not only a diversity of content, but a greater diversity of like who that content is for. Yeah, that yeah. also like. And again, like I think if you're on the wrong side of this argument, like you roll your eyes at that shit, but I don't think it can be understated what a significant movement like feminism in comic book media could mean for the future of comics in terms of how many little girls went and saw Wonder Woman or watching DC superhero girls or what the fuck ever. And that's their point of entry. And then they go on to be the next, you know, Kelly Sue, right. Or, 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 or not. And they do something like She-Ra or they do something like whatever, like, and again, like what Miles Morales means for like young people of color, like there, there are, and then them going to see Into the Spider-Verse and maybe that captivates them and decides that's the thing that gets them into animation or drawing comics or whatever. And like, dude, like the, the legs on this thing could go so far beyond what we're even saying here. And like, that's, what's really exciting is that maybe all the doom and gloom that we see right now, the blood in the water that we're afraid of is just the last holdout before a whole new wave and a whole new generation gets excited about it again. Well, uh, I think, I think you're right. And I think we can see the future in that sense because of what has happened. So I think the cyclical nature of it means that we'll see it continue into the future. And that is exciting for me as an adult person who's likely to have children one day and be able to see my kids have the same experiences that my parents watched me have. And the joy that I got to feel with all of this, I want my kids to feel too. And the coolest part is that I'm not in question. I'm not questioning that reality. So uh, what that's going to do it for that conversation here on the show. Uh, let us know your thoughts. What, what, was the, what was the show that brought you into fandom? You know, what was the sh- specifically shows just because that was the, the topic here? Um, you know, what, what, what was it that captivated you and what kept you going with your love of, of comics? Uh, or, or I should say comic book characters. Uh, there are many ways you can hit us up and let us know. The answer to that, uh, we are on SoundCloud, we are on Apple Podcasts, we are The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, at The Comics Pals. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com, and we are on YouTube where you can leave us a like, drop us a comment, share this video with your friends, and subscribe to our channel for more awesome content. We've got lots of New New York Comic Con 2018 stuff that is out right now, and believe it or not, a little more to come. So you're going to want to stay tuned over there. We haven't even released our funniest stuff. So jump over. Make sure to hit the notification bell so that you get notified when that content drops. So let's do some plugs. Pete. Cool. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for two whole years of the Comics Pals. It makes it's crazy to say that but uh thank you so much for joining us for all these episodes and if you're a new listener thanks for giving us a shot if you guys want to connect with me uh you can find me over on the video game pals our sister show along with sean and uh thompson and andy where we uh talk about video games as you might have guessed so if you're a fan of this show and you're a gamer uh, i think there's a lot for you to be had or a lot to be enjoyed on that show too um (laughs) 
You can also catch me on our Let's Play show, Pals Play with Thompson, over on the Video Game Pals YouTube channel. Uh, this week, we went back to the well for the, the NES classics that are over on the uh, Nintendo Switch online service. They added a bunch of new games, so we decided we'd go jump in and play them. So you can go check that out. And then uh, you can also find my work over on LootPots.com, which is a, a Nintendo fan site where I do news and reviews. Uh, I host their weekly podcast, The Potscast, as well. So if you want to hear me talk about uh, Nintendo stuff, you can go check out that episode where I talk about my first ever experience with a Nintendo console. So uh, once you go, you know, show that show some, some support if you're a gamer and uh, help me out. And then if you want to connect with me on social media, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. And we can talk about uh, the last two years of the Comics Pals. Or you can check out some cute pictures of my cat. You didn't uh, change your your uh, Twitter handle? I really thought it was uh, – I thought I really thought you changed it to Pete Soapbox. That's what this whole episode has been. So I just I – just, I thought maybe you'd done that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did that not happen? <laughs> Weird. Anyway, you can. <laughs> Gosh, jeez. My man dunked on you, Pete. <laughs> oh man! If you that was awesome. <laughs> you can find my uh, comics. <laughs> this panel's oh, no, no, shut, shut up for a minute, Kale. Shut up for a minute, Kale. Now you can go ahead. You can find my uh, books with Panels Comics on uh, Comicsology under Panels Publishing. Uh, you can go to our selfie store at uh, selfie.com slash Panels Publishing. Um, <clears throat> if you want to find more savagery like that, go on Twitter <laughs> at Toto and Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-T-O-T-O. Uh, you also won't hear me on the show next week uh, because I will be at Paris Comic Con. So if for whatever fucking Whoa. reason guy comes back for one week, he's already fucking taken off. If for Ooh. whatever fucking reason uh, we have French listeners, um, come say hi. I see. All right, Marco. Uh, you can well it, if you want to find my shit, it's tucked away. Uh, uh, you can find me <laughs> at, at, at Mr. Mark Radomoto on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so life got in the way of my release of uh, a short story that I have. Um, so I'm dealing with that stuff first, and then I'll put some stuff out and finish up my site and all that other junk. Describe your work as junk, yes. Uh, Chill. Phil? Um, Chill. You can find chill you can find me on all the social media platforms on cyborg bebop uh in the meantime folks i'm gonna go check out some people's myspaces from the past <laughs> i'm gonna go back in 2007 all right adios sweet uh and as for me oh <laughs> oh that works a lot better if you went last uh as for me <laughs> I am on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Soapbox. Let's talk about what was hot and what was cool in the year 2008. Because um, that was a fun time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Comics Pals. Take care, guys. See you next week. Bye. This episode is really one for the moms, I tell you what. Shout out. Shout out to the moms. <laughs>